All right, you got your camera? You got a bag? You ready to go? Jump on in. We're heading down the road. My name's April, and I'm an award-winning landscape photographer and tour guide. I've been leading small group photo tours for over 20 years. For photographers, non-photographers, and anyone else that just likes to go for a great trip. So welcome to my podcast, Eyes for the Road. Thanks for joining me. This is April with Eyes for the Road. And today we're going to talk about tripods. Did you bring a tripod? Or are you thinking about a tripod? So let's discuss tripods. We all know a tripod is that big bulky thing that a lot of pro photographers drag around. It takes up space. So if you're new to photography and wondering why do I want to carry extra stuff when I travel, let's discuss it. So the reason for a tripod is to give you additional stabilization. And good examples of this are night photography. I've really gotten interested in night photography. There's a whole nother world out there at night that often we don't take time to see. You know, we're busy working, we get home, we have to sleep, and then we get up and do it all over again. But if we venture outside in our backyard, if we live in a city, we don't see very many stars anymore. There's just so much light pollution from the street lights, the cars, the houses. So we don't really see the beauty of the sky. But get out into the middle of the desert, like Death Valley, or even Nebraska or Colorado in the middle of nowhere. You'll stop the car, pull over, step out, wait till your eyes adjust, and all of a sudden you see this blanket of twinkling stars and and sparkling planets and it's just a whole nother world now think about that with cities as well when I've traveled to places like London or Amsterdam at night the city is just completely different the buildings have windows lit up Christmas time you've got streets light lit up with you know, beads of light strung from the windows or window displays, all kinds of lights. And it gives you a completely different landscape, a city landscape or a landscape at night with the sky now being all about the stars or the Milky Way. So this is where you need a tripod. You're not going to be very, you're not going to get a very good image if you're trying to handhold it. You will get something. Granted, the cameras keep getting better and better, but your best bet is to have a tripod. So why do you want a tripod? The tripod gives your camera more stability so that you can leave the opening of the camera which captures the light open longer. You need to do what's called a long exposure, which some of you may be very familiar with, and some of you it's something completely new. But in order to capture the night sky, you want a long, slow exposure. So sitting the camera on a tripod, you can leave the camera opening open for, say, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, You can do things such as star trails, where if you leave it open for many hours, you'll get that 
movement of the stars captured, kind of like a radius of moving lights, or even a car. If you've got a long exposure and a car drives down the street through your image, you get this nice red line going through your image. Just really interesting things. A whole new world of possibilities opens up. But you really need to have a tripod to achieve the proper photo that you'll be happy with in order to take home and print. Now, I've been doing a lot more with night photography myself. In fact, that's part of the reason I actually wanted to go to London at Christmas time was to capture a different view of the city. We all see the Big Ben during the daytime. We've all seen some of the major landmarks of the city during the daytime. But at night, the city, especially at the holidays, they have it decorated with lights and windows. It takes on a whole new image, something unique, something different. And that's the thing. I think if you're looking for something different, night photography still offers a lot of images that people haven't been taking the time to capture. And when you're traveling, you may not be going back to these places anytime soon. So it's a wonderful opportunity to venture out just after sunset, after blue hour, and set up your tripod and play to see what you can get. So now, how do we choose a tripod? I think it's really important to think about three things, and that's just the start. But are you going to be doing a lot of traveling, and where are you going to be traveling? Will you always be traveling, say, somewhere where you can take a car from your house and drive, you know, with a car? Or are you going to be needing to fly somewhere? If you're, you know, like me, when I went to London, obviously, I'm getting on an airplane, so I have to think about how that tripod is going to work with my luggage. So am I traveling? That's a big consideration. Weight. How heavy is the gear that I'm going to put on the tripod? So you need to look at what type of camera that you have and what type of lenses you'll be using and get a rough estimation, which you can go online or look at the box or look at your manual. It will tell you how heavy it is. For instance, my Canon DSLRs weigh about three pounds, I calculated t today, without even the lenses or without if I put on the extra battery pack or a lens, you know, a flash attachment. So right there, I've got maybe three to five pounds, depending on how big and heavy my lens is and the extraneous things that are attached to that body. So that's fairly heavy. I'm going to need something kind of sturdy for that, whether I'm going to do night photography or maybe do a landscape where I've got wind. That would be another reason to need some more stabilization. So weight, am I traveling? And again, how high am I going to be needing this equipment to go? I'm fairly short myself, but I do have a fellow photographer who I believe she's over six feet tall. So for her, she, when you want the camera to be at eye level, she needs to consider her height. And so she's always looking at how tall that tripod can go. And you want to look at how high the tripod can go without extending the center column. The center column can be used, but the more you extend the center column up, again, you're 
your trading off stability, how stable that tripod is. So ideally, you want to be able to get the maximum amount of height with your tripod just with the legs. But again, we're also having to consider length that it folds down to. So kind of two calculations. How high do we need the tripod to be with our camera attached so that we can look through the viewfinder ideally at eye level? And number two, when it's all folded back down, what is the length of the tripod to fit into our luggage? Especially now that many of us will be wanting to fly and travel. That item needs to fit into a carry-on most likely. You don't want to pay additional shipping. Otherwise, I guess your other option would be to ship your tripod separately ahead. And I have done that. Um, with my New England travels one year, I decided to ship my tripod separately and ensure that package to my first destination where I would be staying and contacted that destination and tracked to be, you know, let them know that you're shipping them something, you're staying there, can they hold it till you get there, so forth. That might be an option. That way, you know, you're not worrying about it being tossed around in your luggage. Otherwise, I try to get a tripod that I can fit into my bag, you know, and wrap it with clothes, you know, pack it into your suitcase. And if you're traveling international, I think this becomes even more of an of a concern now that, you know, airlines are charging more for for your um, baggage, for your size and for total weight. So there's a th some things to think about. And talking about weight will also determine, again, the weight of our gear will need to determine, help us choose the type of tripod we're going to travel with, but then also how heavy is that going to add to our baggage? Because a lot of the airlines, again, if the bag is over 50 pounds, I believe, and you need to check each airline, they may have slightly different restrictions. You may have to pay extra for your bag, even if it's being carried on. Some of the airlines do weigh as you're walking onto the plane. So those are the things to consider. Um, for me, and I think I've found it true too, I have now two different types of cameras. I have a heavier Canon DSLR. So for that camera, I have Manfrotto makes several nice models of tripods. So I use some of those. With my smaller Sony mirrorless camera, it's much more lightweight, much more compact. So I really like the tripods that a company called Joby puts out, J-O-B-Y. And I'll put some of these details in the liner notes later. There's some knockoffs too. If you look at a... Um, a name brand item. You can usually find something similar in a knockoff, but again, be careful to read the specifications, check the reviews, um, maybe order it or look at it in a camera store so you can actually see it, kind of take your camera with you, try it out, or make sure that the place you're ordering from has a return policy. So once you get the item, you can try it out a little bit and decide if you like it. I do really like the Joby 
tripods because they've got, they're kind of like, they call them gorilla pods. They've got these multi legs and you can bend them. You can wrap them around a fence. You can wrap them around a staircase. They really can figure into a lot of different positions. The problem I find with the Joby, it is compact, but again, weight. They don't make a really solid tripod for some of my larger gear when I have a longer lens attached. So that does need to be a consideration. But the other positive, on the positive side of the Joby is it's very small and you can attach it to the bottom of your camera. And because it's not very long, a lot of the historic buildings that I was walking into in Europe, you could have it on the bottom and I wasn't asked to leave it at the door. Because when you do go into some historic buildings, a lot of them won't allow you to take a tripod inside. So again, think about how you're going to use the tripod and if you'll be using it a lot. Because the tripod adds additional stabilization. And the best time to use those tripods is in situations where you are going to have a long exposure. Like night photography, early morning photography, or you want that really intense detail. So in order to get a very, very sharp picture, a tripod is almost essential for that. They do continue to make stabilization in camera, so that is improving. But again, if you blow that image up, you may see some, some slight softness in that image. Um, Slick makes a lot of nice tripods that are lightweight. Look at how much weight it will hold. A lot of them have, they screw into the bottom of your camera. Tripod heads will be a whole nother discussion. But when we're just talking about legs, we have a couple options on material, what they're made out of. The aluminum is by far much cheaper than the carbon fiber. Carbon fiber, you're looking at anywhere from $500 to $1,000 just for your legs. So if you're very serious about photography, you're a photographer that wants to take some exotic travels, you're going to be hiking up a mountain, again, that weight issue becomes a, a big consideration. And you may want that carbon fiber because it's so lightweight and you're going to put that into a backpack and then climb up to the top of one of Yosemite's trails along with your camera gear, that weight may be a, a very important factor to you. Versus the aluminum is a little heavier, but again, the price difference, you can find a good aluminum tripod anywhere from $200 to $500 is a good price range. When you go online and read a lot about tripods, you will come across a repeated line of thinking, and that is try to invest a good, really invest money into a good tripod if you're really going to continue your photography, because otherwise you're going to get an inexpensive, you can get a tripod for $20, but once you start with a $20 tripod and kind of get started into it, eventually you'll probably want to move up to the $500 tripod. So you've kind of you know, you might keep buying tripods. So it may be something that you want to rent a tripod, which I did go online 
today and I noticed that borrowlenses.com has several different tripods you can rent, I think that would be a great option because for myself, now photographing for many years, I can look and see that I've probably got three or four different tripods here. In fact, I've sold a couple tripods over the years because I ended up buying it. Then I went out in the field and was using it. And then it's like, "Mm, you know, this one's not as easy to use. Again, a tripod needs to be easy to use and fit your needs. So let's look at the legs of the tripod. I haven't discussed the legs. Tripods often come in sections that can be extended. Many times you'll have three, four, even five or six different pieces. What's the difference? Well, the difference is if you have three sections, again, you have more stability. When you go to six sections, as those sections extend, they get thinner and thinner and thinner. So with each extension, you're giving up a little bit of stability. So on a windy day, you might find yourself in Death Valley, setting up a nice shot at sunrise or right as the sun is going down. You get your beautiful DSLR mounted on top of the tripod. You get it extended to where you want to capture the image. A big gust of wind comes and bam, the whole thing knocks over. Ooh, I've seen it happen, unfortunately. It's not a pretty sight. (laughs) So this is why test the tripod. I learned early on from a fellow photographer to set the tripod up. And before I even set the camera onto the, the head of the tripod, which is where you mount the camera, which that's a whole nother episode, to kind of give it a shake kind of grab the tripod and kind of wiggle it a little. How sturdy is it? Make sure the legs are pulled out and secure so that it's solid before you even get the camera on it. And then once you get the camera on the tripod, you may want to have the strap wrapped around your neck, the strap wrapped around through your arm or your wrist or your hand still holding onto it until you're really sure that it's solid because think about it, the tripod and the camera go down. Now you've possibly broken a lens, broken the body. If you're in Death Valley, the thing is full of dust. It's, it's just, it's not a pretty sight. So I don't want to see that happen to you. Now with the shorter tripods, you're going to be closer to the ground. So you gain some stability because again, as we put the tripod taller and taller, we're extending it further and further up. And again, losing the stability. All right, so this is so much to think about. It's kind of overwhelming. So let's go back to the beginning and revisit why do I want a tripod? You want a tripod based on what type of photography you're going to do. My show is a lot about travel and being on the road and doing landscape photography. So I believe for landscape photographers, low light, night images, moving water, you can get some beautiful images if you have your camera solid and a long exposure. You can turn the water into just 
smooth as silk, a reflecting pool. Waterfalls, instead of having seen kind of the lines and texture of the water as it's moving, if you have a slow exposure, your camera set on a tripod, you can make it look milky. What a lot of people refer to as milky, it's kind of smooth and silky and not, you don't see the distinctive wave patterns as such, but you've smoothed it out by leaving your lens open, the lights coming in, taking its time, but you're going to need a tripod for this. So, what kinds of images do I want to capture? How much do I want to add to my pack, my gear, my suitcase? And am I going to use the tripod? So if you're just starting out, you may want to take, if you're taking a workshop, you're taking a photo tour, you might want to talk to who's leading that tour and ask some questions. Will there be a, a tripod I can borrow, I can use? When I've traveled and I've taken maybe a night, just a walk around the city at night with another photographer, and maybe that's the only night that I may really use a tripod instead of bringing my own tripod, I'll contact that person and say, hey, you know what, how much extra would you charge if I use your tripod for the evening? And many times they realize that you're traveling internationally, you're joining their tour or workshop, and they're willing to rent you the tripod for the time that you're with them. So that's a bonus, but something to inquire ahead of time. Now you've saved some space in your suitcase. If you're just starting out, these are things to consider. Maybe join a group of local photographers and ask to borrow the tripod while you're out photographing. I truly believe hands-on, you need to try the tripod out and see if it's something that you want to use, see the results. If you go to my website, I have a lot of images of night photography and I will add some notes in the liner so you can see the different types. Since you can't see, since I'm just talking, uh, the different types of tripods I like and why, again, I use them. So I think I've kind of covered the basics of tripods. If you have any questions, please drop me an email. My email address is april at aprilart.com. My website is fallphototrips.com and yourphototravelguide.com. I really hope you got a little information tonight out of my podcast and hope you'll join me again next time on Eyes for the Road. Thanks so much. Have a good evening.